Good day, dear listeners. Today is the 11th day of Ukraine-Russia war. Uh, today as well is a holiday, a celebration, you might say, in Slav's world, that of it's the last day of uh, Pancake Week, Maslenitsa. It's the week where Slavs say goodbye to winter and say hello to spring, new beginnings. But, as you know by now, there is definitely a new beginning. But it's not a nice one. It's a very tragic one, sad for everyone. For Ukrainians, it's a disaster. Their home is destroyed. For Russians, it's a disaster as well. Not just because of sanctions of the West, but because they will not be able in the last 30 years to make their country less tyrannical, less dictatorial. They gave Vladimir Putin too much power and they were satisfied with it. After all, in Russia, the only person who can rule is only with the iron fist, or so the belief is. But as I'm done crying myself for the past week and a half of what has occurred, because I understand the history, the culture overall. I was born in Russia. I spent my formative years in Russia, not far from Moscow, as a matter of fact. My parents were born in Russia. My grandmother was born in Belarus, and my grandfather was born in Ukraine. We are interconnected. We have a difficult history. We can be called we are one, and yet we are not. We have similarities, and yet we have differences. Ukraine wanted to create something more, something new, to move forward somewhere according to their desires, beliefs. But it seems in the world of Slavs, it's not allowed. So as I'm done crying, and understanding this whole conflict. I do, do know that the history of it, of course, understanding of it, but still, wrapping my, my, my mind around it has been difficult. So I decided to create this podcast to make it understandable in some way, even f- sort of for me, as well as for you, more information about... I'll try to answer about uh, how it happened, why it happened. But mostly we'll concentrate on one aspect of it.
And that is, why did Putin do, do it? Why now? Where was he in 2014? Where was he before that? Before February 24th, 2022. Putin, as we know by now, was a KGB agent. He was always want he always wanted to be a KGB agent according to his biography and what we have learned so far in the past twenty two years that he's been in power. His grandfather, it seems, was a cook in Vladimir Lenin's kitchen. His father was also closely linked to, with uh, Stalin. So the possibilities of conversations in the kitchen could be interesting. After all, what kid wants to be a KGB agent? Are they in their formative years? They're in their teenage years. Not many. I didn't even hear about KGB probably until when I was in the United States. Maybe a little earlier. But still, I didn't understand what they were doing. Or NKVD, the secret arm of uh, the spy agency. There was something else going on in Putin's family. So when he decided to go and join KGB and rise in its ranks, of course, I'm sure he saw it as a heroic duty. He thought all of them were heroes, were superheroes in some way. I'm sure of it. KGB, his seniors in KGB, found one aspect of him. That is, he does not know what fear is. He never showed it. He just did things. And that made KGB agents concerned. The reason is because when you are afraid, when you have fear for, of something, for something, you consider your actions carefully. He was just a man of actions. So when 1989 came, and the Soviet Union was, uh, was breaking up. I saw on the photograph that w where he was with uh, other senior agents. He was not close to them. Because in the end of the day, after years of being a KGB agent, he never really rose too far within KGB. I'm sure for that particular reason. Because he, they did not trust him. They were, in a way, afraid of him or concerned about him. And he had the first inkling of being a dictator or tyrant at that time, because he felt betrayed. Hitler felt betrayed too, after World War I. So did, in a way... Nah, Stalin did not think he was betrayed. He betrayed everyone else around him as he killed every single opponent when he rose to become the second, the right-hand man of, of Lenin. So, after the Soviet Union fell apart, Putin went back to St. Petersburg. What he did in the 90s, we don't really know for sure, except for he worked with the St. Petersburg mayor, 
for some time, from whom he learned a lot, a great deal. He was his mentor, basically, in, in the world of politics. A man without fear, but with big ambitions and think, feeling of being betrayed by his superiors and by the system he believed in with his whole heart. Well, that's a dangerous combination. Therefore, when he became the president of Russia, we can thank that uh, uh, <laughs> we can thank Dmitry Berezovsky for that, who introduced him to Boris Yeltsin, president of that time, because he thought that uh, upcoming oligarchs could control him, manipulate him. Well, they were wrong. Yukos fell through. Berezovsky had to run from Russia. And so began Putin's rise in power of eliminating his opponents, of people who spoke truth, who were investigating truth. He became the president from KGB based on deceit, manipulation, elimination, and gathering more power. Of course, that behavior would lead the person toward the uh, paranoia eventually. And other, probably, health problems. But everything sort of changed or took to, to another level in, tw in 2014. We had uh, the Yalta Olympics. Then we had situation in Crimea, the takeover of Crimea by Russia. Then we had the Donbass situation, where the little green man decided to take the power in their own hands. Then the murder of Boris Nemtsov, possibly the only one who had any chance of eliminating Putin through democratic elections. And anyone so says Nemtsov was killed by some Chechens, that would be a lie. Nothing happens in Russia without Putin knowing it, especially when it comes down to politics. So, there we have. Putin wanted this war. He desired it. In October 2021, he put thousands upon thousands of troops. Well, actually, he kept them there. They were there before that for his <laughs> never-ending military drills, trainings. Honestly, how many trainings can the military have? Look at now. Those trainings did not help them that much. They're losing people. A lot of them. So when the trainings ended, he decided to keep about 100,000 soldiers in Belarus with their equipment. I guess just because. 
but any smart, intelligent person who understands even an inkling of history would understand that you never keep a powerful force next to a border of a country, of a nation state that you don't really like, that you want to control. for a reason. Maybe he felt that Ukraine betrayed the Soviet Union. Maybe he blamed Ukraine, Ukrainian forces of some kind that Soviet Union fell apart. Who knows what really Vladimir Putin in his twisted mind thinks. I knew in October when he did not take those troops out back to Russia, the captain Belarus, that they will be used. And the boy, was I right? Of course, it says they don't really use them. They just use the other forces that, that he put all around U Ukraine, in the, in, in, south in the Black Sea, in Crimea, and the east in the region of Rostov and Don, and Belarus as well. Anton Chekhov once said, you never keep a gun in your house because eventually it will fire. The military that Putin put in place was that gun. And, of course, that, that gun fired. One of the reasons Putin might have done this, created this war, could be a war of uh, interest. It has nothing to do really that they are some kind of neo-Nazis. They are, uh, Ukraine might have joined NATO. That they are some secret biolabs. That the, uh, that the Ukrainians, Ukrainian government is uh, corrupt. That their, this government has been committing genocide of the Russian people in Donbas region and some other areas of uh, what of Eastern Ukraine, which has always been considered in a way a Russian-speaking majority. But I'm not saying they are they are wrong. But they manipulated, taken out of context. All of that in. All of that is just an illusion. Because they could be true. True, of course. Of course, Ukraine is corrupt. Which country isn't? Russia is corrupt too. Bribes all over the place. Uh, was there some kind of a genocide toward Russian-speaking people? Unlikely. 14,000 people died. who died in eight years. There is... Um, not, would not be should not be considered as a genocide. Yes, it's unfortunate that they died, but that what happens when no no other side wants to sit down at the table and just talk things out and decide with the best action forward. Because pride and hubris on both sides and never a good combination, as we see now. Hard decisions have to be made in diplomacy. Nobody wants to make them because I'm right. 
You're wrong. And that's it. Did Ukrainian government suppress Russian language or try to? Probably. But so was Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia. You think it's easy for Russian-speaking people living in those Baltic states? It's not. The only reason Putin has not attacked Baltic states yet because they're part of NATO. But still could happen because Putin is that crazy. He doesn't know what fear is. He will sacrifice people. He will sacrifice Russians whom he be, he believes he protects. He does not. He cares not. In Russian history, governments never care for its citizens. They used them, abused them, manipulated them. And Russian people who are not about who in general are peaceful people, who don't want conflict, don't believe in peace and comfortability, well, they will not create a revolution or overthrow. Or revolutions and overthrowing of the government has happened, at least in Russia, from either working class or up top, military or the rich people. This, this way, today, uh, the only way to replace Vladimir Putin is if oligarchs and the army will take, will take him down. And then, not necessarily to kill him, but to replace him, arrest him. And unfortunately, chances of that happening are slim to none. After all, Hitler was not killed. Stalin was not killed. Xi Jinping is not being threatened uh, in a way that he could be killed while he continues to absorb more power in China. The chances of that happening are very low. Which is unfortunate. Because the only way Russians can cleanse and make their country better and their people better by doing things they've never done before. So did Putin did it because we kindness his heart that he some kind of messiah was sent to stop the evil West to save innocent uh, Ukrainians slash Russians from new Nazi type government? No. This is his revenge. On the one side. To show also his power. Show the world that Russia doesn't need the world, even though it does, as all sanctions have shown. Those sanctions will just make things worse for the Russians' people and make them more resentful toward others. The other side of, of this situation, this way it started, when he did not move troops back to Russia from Belarus, I was thinking of one other reason. He did it. And that was to show people inside Kremlin that he still had power. That he was useful. He is afraid still of being of being overthrown. He does, he remembers the, what happened to Gorbachev, how he was betrayed, technically. 
Or what happened to, well, I don't know, what happened to Nicholas II? But this showing of power toward inside his uh, cabinet and Kremlin and other people, well, it has backfired on him tremendously. He just did not foresee, probably, or he was lied to by the generals, who looks like to have more power than he does now, that this war will be easy, swift, with uh, minimal losses, and more support for Putin. As uh, all Russian leaders, it seems, throughout history has sh- has have believed that by showing force toward others will create him or her more popular. Well, they were not wrong, of course. But, uh, but there are always other reasons, other ways. You can get what you want without sending young boys to die over nothing, for nothing. I have tried to get my head around all of this. There are many elements at work here, as I said before. And uh, the way out of the situation right now will be next to impossible. Either Putin and his generals step back and decide that, yes, we care about Russian lives and civilians who are being killed right now. Because honestly, if you're in a war, as I have shown constant, constantly throughout the last 20 years, that when you start a war, civilians will always suffer. They always will be killed. So, therefore, chances of Putin to stopping his war machine is unlikely. He will go all the way in and through Ukraine. If he, he must, if he must lose 50,000 soldiers, so be it. If he must deplete, deplete Russian military, which he always been proud of, to almost nothing, he will do it. Will he use nuclear war? I mean, nuclear bombs. It's difficult because... His decision does not come to him. He may give an order. But there are a lot of people who are beneath him, who actually are in charge of a nuclear arsenal. And it's true not just for Russia. It's true for America too. Not sure about China, but America, yes. It doesn't take just one person to say, yes, we are launching missiles. To destroy humanity. So his battle continues. And this battle is not just battle for it's battle for Ukraine, of course. It's also battle where we're going as a human race. 
It's like we have not learned from history as usual. We're repeating the same mistakes. Putin says that he's doing it because NATO is a threat to him. Sure, NATO should have been dissolved in 1995. Uh, European countries would have been better, better off without NATO. You make, make them stronger. But they kept it. And then NATO, just like the EU, European Union, decided to, well, to expand without thinking, without analyzing situations, just for the fun of it, I guess. The exclusive club is open to all. Talk about exclusivity. Those were mistakes. And that happened because, especially in the United States, all of the experts who work in, in CIA, in FBI, and State Department were removed at the end of Cold War. They thought they will not need them anymore. How wrong were they? You always need experts. You create experts who will guide the foreign policy and even domestic policy toward the right solutions. You want people with expertise because less mistakes will be made. But desire to have more power, more control, to create some kind of a world of different kind becomes something else. So this war, Putin says, his enemy, Putin's enemy is the United States, not just NATO. The whole has been since he joined KGB, still is. Sure, he can be uh, bitter that the United States lied to, to Russia and the 90s war, can, we can blame America, United States, for what happened in Russia in the 1990s. Not 100%. At the end of the day, Russians are not dumb. Russians have capacity to become even better than the United States. But you don't want to have leaders who are bitter, who, ha who don't understand fear, who are not really analyzing things thoroughly, who don't have the right experts as well next to them. Nationalism can be good in war and only in war. In peaceful times, in nation building, Nationalists must be stayed away sometimes because nationalistic fervor can push people, citizens, to create wonderful things as well, not just for military sake. Putin could have created better relations with all of the Soviets, former Soviet states. He did not because he wanted to come as powerful. Because if you create peacefully good trade agreements, could be perceived as weak. But though it's not. Russia, Russian government, Putin could have shown NATO, United States, a better path forward in the, in the 21st century. But no. Putin decided to go back in time. To go back almost to the 19th century. He almost compared himself to Alexander III, the Tsar, who was, we might say, the last real Tsar of Russia, who was showed power and strength, and he was a difficult person and leader. He, we, know, we all know what happened to his son, Nicholas II. 
So Putin's war machine continues. We'll continue to do so, it seems. We'll continue to blame NATO, United States, European Union, because it's easy. He'll create any kind of uh, policies and uh, fear tactics just to scare people, uh, EU, NATO, United States, so they make mistakes. So he can create his war. It looks like he wants to create the war on high capacity. But he forgot history again. When Russia attacks others, when Russia is an aggressor, nothing good comes to Russia. It is humiliated and destroyed. It's always the case. Last time, I believe, Russia won, was an aggressor, was under Catherine the Great, when she took Crimea from Ottoman Empire. It was the last, I think, the last one. All the other wars that Russia was part of were mostly defensive. But if you want to attack Russia, or Ukraine in this matter, you will have a fight on your hands. You, you don't take Russians just because you, you think you can. 1905, Russia lost the war to the Japanese, because of, well, they underestimated themselves. Everyone thought Russia was strong, but it was weak. Technologically, back then, it was weak. It had a lot of people and soldiers, but they didn't have technology. Japan had technology on its hands. Better ships and whatnot. Now, Russia has better technology, actually, it seems, even though that they are easily being um, destroyed by Ukrainian forces. It could be because NATO supplies um, information to them. But the Russian troops are the weakest link. They're just being gunned down. Putin can say whatever he wants in terms of how many died, how many not died. But the truth is, He's maybe winning the war at this time, but it's such a huge cost. For Russia going forward, this is bad situation. Maybe even tragic. It will take a long time for Russia to get, get back anything. It achieved in the last 20 years. As Russia turns again toward tyranny, toward new kind of Stalinism. Right now, the way I see things are, I was compared this situation right now to 1920s, what happened 100 years ago, when Russian people were running away from Russia, saying goodbye to their loved ones, just to survive. Right now, a lot of Russian young men trying to run away from Russia so they will not be drafted into the service of a war that no one needs, never, no one wants or wanted. Wasn't Putin right to blame NATO, United States, EU? In some way, yes, like I said before, because there are certain things, certain games are being played with all of us, those who don't have much power and wealth. There are games played. 
and we are being played. Because we do not want to be part of this political process. We don't want to get our hands too dirty. We want our, like everyone else, deserves and wants a peaceful, nice, boring life. Just to enjoy it. Make the best of it. Experience things that made, they may our forefathers never experienced before. But we became complacent, lazy, uneducated enough, uncultured enough. So, the last three years have been the phases of the new world war. Putin creating his own kind of version of new world order. The West creating another kind of, and that they have this battle now in Ukraine. I don't want to go too much into the detail now about uh, who's, who are the players and who might be the players and who really to blame for everything that's been happening. But one thing clear. Ukraine-Russia war, and it is war, not special operations, because special operations, these are called black ops. We know them. We've heard of them. Remember when Bin Laden, Osama Bin Laden, been killed? That, that was special operation. That was a black op. Uh, the other special operations are anything that's a short-term, quick, efficient, you in and out. Preferably within two hours, if not less. So this Russian special operation has been happening for the past 11 days is a lie. It is a war. It is an invasion. It's a failed invasion, but it is an invasion. Everyone says, oh, Blixtuk failed. <laughs> Blixtukrig that Russia tried to create never happened. Because if it did happen, Ukraine right now will be done for. Because Blitzkrieg, remember World War II? Nazis, Hitler, created the Blitzkrieg the best way. Blitzkrieg only works when Air Force, artillery, tank divisions, and soldiers together, as one, as one force, as one arrow, go together to defeat the enemy. Here, it did not happen. They created the illusion of it, but it did not happen. Because this is, this is a special operation. Blitzkrieg is an outright war, invasion of war. So to Putin and his, and his uh, general administration, <laughs> they did not do it correctly, once again. Because they did not want to see, show the world as if, uh, surprisingly, like, Putin cares about the world now. That they're, not, they're not invading Ukraine. But they did. Whatever their reasons are. As we've learned from history, from America, when they invaded Iraq, how it's done. And we know the United States did invade Iraq to take, take out its leader, its tyrant, and take its oil. We know it. 
So, America, so Russia right now, Putin and his administration decided, I guess, that hey, if America can do it, so can we. Why not? What we have worse? It was the mistake. Instead of copying, let's say, your enemy, why not do better? Be better. Show, for example, America, NATO, that you don't have to f use force to get your way. It can do, it can be other means. But now, dies are cast, players are named, lives are lost. You have to live with it. Nothing can be changed now. That's what worry is, or any conflict that has pandemic the same thing. Never thought in my entire life that this would happen again. Knowing history, understanding history, thinking my ancestors, it hurts my heart, hurts my soul. It, this, is, this is still happening and we want it to happen. This war or the war, wars yet to come, and it must end. It can, the only way it can end if we become outspoken, and not just social media, really be outspoken. Find ways, find means of how to do it, and let your voice be, sound, be heard all over the world or somewhere. Because without our voice, our so-called leaders will continue to do whatever they want to do. Try to make it as intelligent as you can. Do it mostly for yourself. Don't worry about who listens to you or not. Just do it. No more time it can be wasted. It's for me, this is a difficult decision to do this, but I must and I will continue to do so because someone, we all, but someone must do it. If not me, then who? If not now, when? It's best to do it later than never. What we can do right now, like I said, make intelligent, maybe podcast, write articles, make concrete, intelligent dialogue, uh, arguments about the situation, educate yourself. You have no idea how many analytical reports I've r read and listened to uh, from different uh, political scientists, historians, uh, artists, uh, Everyone, so many people I've heard in English and Russian about everything. Journalists as well, of course. There are journalists who still exist, but we must do it. Because you can also uh, give some money to uh, to the charities. But at the end of the day, if our voice is not heard, others like Putin will come forward and it'll create different kinds of wars. This war can, we can see in Ukraine, but there are wars that we cannot see. Look at, look at the misinformation that's been going on. We cannot trust, I cannot trust all of the, everything I read. I have to read and reread and reanalyze everything. The same news I'm reading 20 times over to understand, oh, this is, could be correct. This is, could be the truth. Because nobody cares about the truth. Russia, Russian government, Putin doesn't care about the truth. He wants his truth. 
That's why right now, if you speak against, if you say that this war is not a war, you'll get 15 years in jail. They, uh, in Russia, they also started to asking young people looks like uh, passports to see what age they are to conscript them. Martial law, possibility in Russia right now as well. Will it happen? Who knows? Hopefully not. In Ukraine, if you think Ukrainians are so... Uh, they are admirable. What they're doing is admirable. If, with all their help and all their soldiers and people who try to uh, fight it. But their information is also misinformation. We cannot trust it. Pictures cannot, can be faked as well. So we have to be careful with that. If NATO the same way. If you listen to regular news networks, you should not. You cannot be trusted. Educate yourself. Listen to historians. Listen to uh, political scientists of all kinds. To really listen to... Um, that's why YouTube is so, so powerful right now. There are many videos there that we can all listen to to educate ourselves. The other day there was a Cornell panel about Russia, about this conflict. It was educated, educating. For me, nothing new was said, but it was very educating, and I implore everyone who has a chance to do it. In your country, in your region, wherever you live, there is no other way. We, we have to be educated. We cannot be silent anymore. How many more will have to die for us to do that? Because yeah, we've been, in the last three years, there's been so much death when it did not have to happen. In this war that we're in right now, if we are silent, we are as good as dead. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of my podcast of Rupture. Hope you enjoyed it. I will continue to create some kind of podcasts. Others will be even better. I'm not sure if I will detail again about uh, this war. It is too difficult for me to talk about it. To keep my mind. But I will continue to create podcasts. Somehow, somewhere. I will find a way. I will find the dial, uh, the topics I want, I want to cover and to talk about. Because that's how I educate myself. Educate you. And my voice will not be, will not be silenced. Because I know. At the end of the day. Victory will be those who are not silenced. And victory will be for us. Whatever it will be, it will be. But let us create our world that we want to do. The one we want to have. Let others tell us what kind of world we ought, we must, we should live in. As one intelligent person once said, if you don't interact with politics, politics will interact with you. And when they interact with you, well, you're already lost. So let's not lose this time. Thank you for listening. God bless for us all. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Enjoy, love your loved ones, spend more time with them, because without our families, our friends, well, we're nothing.
Thank you. God bless. Until next time.